This is Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. It is fight week out here in East Tennessee as we get ready for the final Valor Fighting Challenge event of 2019. It is VFC 67 going down tomorrow night. That is Friday the 13th. We should have gone with some sort of angle there, I think, in hindsight. But, uh, of course, uh, it's going down at the World Famous Cotton Eye. Joe, we're going to talk about that tonight. I, of course, am your host, Tim Loy. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins. Gentlemen, it is fight week. It is picked panel night, of course. Uh, we've got a little bit of UFC to discuss. Before we get to that, uh, in our main portion of the show, however, uh, we've got a little bit of uh, recapping to do. Of course, we're coming off of a uh, three-week break of UFC. They came back this past uh, weekend with their UFC on ESPN number seven from uh, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. it was. We're going to uh, go over the results there real quick and uh, get some quick takes on this. Guys, it was, uh, we'll start with the prelims, Mahmoud Muradov with a uh, big knockout of Trevor Smith in the third round. Avirna uh, Jandaroba uh, submits Mallory Martin, uh, the remake of Choke in the second round. Uh, Joe Selecki from uh, out in Myrtle Beach, we spoke about him a little bit last week. He uh, gets a, a very dominant decision over Matt Wyman. I, I thought he may get a, a, a finish there. A lot of uh, a lot of strong positions he had, especially in the first round. But Wyman was was gutsy there. Uh, Bryce Mitchell with a a twister a twister submission over uh, Matt Sales in the uh, first round. A, a unicorn there, if you will. Uh, Jacob Kilburn uh, wasn't able to get it done. Uh, he comes out there and uh, really just didn't have the ground chops to uh, hang with Billy Porentillo, who gets the triangle submission in the second round. And uh, then, of course, it was Tiago Alves uh, coming up short to Tim Means. It was Tim Means with the first round guillotine choke there. Rob Font beats uh, Ricky Simone by unanimous decision. Um, it was a majority draw. We had two of those. Majority draw with uh, Cody Stamen and Song Yudong. Well, I think a lot of people expected Yudong to, to uh, you know, be a, a sizable favorite, decent favorite there. But uh, Stamen hung right with him there. And I think there was a point deduction that, that played into that that draw decision. Uh, Yana Kunitskaya, Aspen Ladd. Uh, that one, uh, Aspen Ladd was the winner. And she gets a third-round knockout there over Kunitskaya. Uh, ben Rothwell with a uh, really weird one. Uh, he gets a TKO over Stefan Struve after two egregious low blows that uh, the commentary guys were talking the whole time uh, that Struve probably could have uh, opted out instead of continuing to fight. But he kept coming back, and then he ended up getting, knocking out, uh, getting knocked out with like three seconds to go in the second round. So that's some, some shitty luck there. Uh, another majority draw it was with Cynthia Calvillo and Marina Rodriguez. And then in the main event, um, a little bit of a slog, I thought. I, I, wasn't, I was starting to kind of zone out a little bit on that fight. And then finally in the fifth round, really late in the fifth round, um, just a few seconds to go, uh, it was Yarzinho uh, Rosenstruck uh, knocking out the ream. Alistair Overeem uh, with a big one, split his lip 
like literally split his lip. Uh, guys, um, just overall thoughts here, Justin. Uh, I know you guys didn't get to catch all this what with the holidays and whatnot, but uh, I know you've seen some highlights and results. Uh, your overall take on uh, on this card? Anybody really come out of this thing, uh, you know, with a with a big boost? I think the biggest winner is, is got to be Bryce Mitchell. He's slowly becoming one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. You know, in the in the cage and on the mic as well. He's hilarious. Did you hear what he said to um, to Donald Trump afterwards? I he kind of got gar. I, I noticed he said so. What, what recap that exactly? What, what what did he say? He said Donald Trump. I'm here in in uh, D.C. So if you need help whooping some politicians, I'll do it for free. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and you know, obviously getting the second second twister in the UFC. Um, we talked about you know last week that that's a submission you don't you don't see very often. Um, it's hard to get, you know, and I don't know, Matt Sales just kind of fell right into it. He wasn't, didn't, didn't know what to do once he got there. Um, but a huge win for Bryce Mitchell. Um, the Song Yudong draw, man, you know, I said last week that Cody Stamen was worth taking, taking a gamble on. And I think that he got fucked in that fight. They, uh, apparently the UFC gave him his win money. Um, he should have won the fight. Oh, wow. the, the decision was, was real bad um and you know going to a draw um the the ben rothwell fight was was wild you know after i think it was after the second um low blow um big dan kind of was was talking to struve and was saying you know you're winning the fight you know you just come out and finish the fight and struve was was you know sailing to a victory there um but you know i couldn't imagine getting kicked in the cock by a 260 pound heavyweight like that you know and twice i think uh rothwell messed up his toe like broke his toenail on the cup uh kicked him so hard you know and, but struve definitely should have uh should have rethought you know should have thought about it before he went back out there i guess it would have been um you know would have been a no contest and but it's better than a knockout loss um so unfortunate for him there alistair overeem was was winning the fight, you know, doing what he needed to do wasn't very entertaining, but you know, he, he respected the power and, and, you know, took Rosenstruck down and exposed him there and, you know, four seconds left and he gets hit. Rosenstruck just walks off. Another kind of weird one by Mercoliata, you know, if, I think Alistair was, was done, but there was, only, there was four seconds left. I mean, Rosenstruck just kind of walked away. Um, it was similar to what we saw with uh, OSP and Dominic Reyes a while back, you know, Dominic dropped OSP at the end of the fight, turned around and walked off, and then the bell rang, ended the fight. So he didn't get the knockout. It ended up being a decision, but um, had had uh, Mer or had Big Dan not stopped the fight, I mean, it would have taken at least four seconds for Rosenstruck to get two uh, over him in order to hit him again. I, I didn't want to see him get hit again, but I don't think that he had enough time to get hit, you know, they were far enough apart and just kind of, you know, that sucks for over him, you know, he wins four straight rounds and then four seconds left to go. But that was one of the nastiest injuries I've, I've ever seen in a fight. That lip was completely separated. I mean, it was, it was nasty. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, definitely nasty. That was a gruesome one to look at. I uh, that was uh, I'm a little squeamish on on those. Uh, Greg, overall take on uh, on the DC show, and we'll wrap this one up. 
just uh, I just said there was two draws on the card. I was going to go over my DK that I went that I gave you guys last week. I had Struve, uh, Rosenstruve, Mitchell, uh, Selecki, uh, Quarantillo, and uh, Simone and Ricky Simone. He uh, that draw right there. It really hurt me, and the Stephen Struve knockout really hurt me too because everybody on my thing won except for Struve, and then uh, Ricky Simon had the uh, had the uh, draw. So I ended up I ended up uh, doubling my money in there with 537 points, but uh, didn't get anywhere with a, didn't get anywhere with big money. So we'll get we'll go over my one my next one this week. I think it'll be better off. Of course, this week we are looking at the UFC 245 event that goes down uh, over in Vegas, and that is uh, their year-end card. It's a it's a big one. Uh, this is uh, you know one of their their better pay-per-view offerings for certain. Uh, I think it's kind of a top-heavy card though. For still, like there's you know there's a couple good fights on the prelims, but there's nothing that just you know knocks my socks off. There's a couple names on there that you're like oh such and such is fighting, but there's not. Uh, you know, it's not a whole lot on the prelims I'm super stoked for. We'll run it down here. Of course, it starts on UFC Fight Pass, it says here. That's uh, that's rare. Uh, usually, it's an ESPN Plus kind of thing. So, 6.15, early prelims. We've got uh, Puna Haley Soriano. That is uh, a lion fighter, I believe, taking on uh, Oscar Pijota. Uh, Jessica Evil Eye takes on Vivian Arigel. Brandon Marino against Kai Kara Front. So, that, that's a pretty good little fight. Brandon Marino and Kai Kara France. That'd be an action fight. Uh, Chase Hooper takes on Daniel Tamer. Matt Brown versus Ben Saunders. Now we're moving on to ESPN2 prelims at this point. Uh, Omari Akhmedov versus Ian Heinish. Uh, Ketlin Vieja versus Irene Aldana. And Jeff Neal takes on Mike Perry to round out the prelims. The main card, the pay-per-view card, it's it's a, a good bit better, uh, star-studded, if you will. Peter Yan versus Uriah Faber, that's certainly an interesting one. Uh, Marlon Marais versus Jose Aldo. And then we have three straight title fights uh, to round it out. We've got the uh, the women's, uh, uh, I, I guess this is the featherweight title fight, Amanda Nunez against uh, Jermaine Durandamy. It is the men's featherweight title on the line. Max Holloway defends against Alexander Volkanovsky. And then uh, the main event, is, uh, there's some heat on this one here, I believe. It's the welterweight title. Uh, Kamaru Usman taking on uh, Kobe Chaos Covington uh, in the main event. Uh, Justin, thoughts on this card? What is, uh, what's your, what's your can't-miss fight here? Um, <clears throat> I think there's a couple good fights on, on the undercard. Um, Kai Car France and Brandon Marino, like you mentioned. Um, also, I think an entertaining one's going to be Jeff Neal and Mike Perry. Mike Perry's, you know, tough as they come, and Jeff Neal's a technician, so I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, Matt Brown and, and Ben Saunders will probably be a, a fun fight. Um, and then on, on the main card, you know, you got Uriah Favors, like a minus or plus 325 underdog uh, against Peter Yan. That's a weird, a weird matchup there. Um, I, I don't know how – that really came I, I mean maybe just to build the the star power of Petrion just to give him a big name um I'm interested to see uh Jose Aldo you know mm-hmm. dropping down to 135 he looks like shit so hopefully the weight cut didn't doesn't kill him too much Marlon Marias is is an animal um and then the title fights are all just phenomenal you know it's the first time in a while that we've seen you know it's one, much less three title fights where the champion is fighting the number, the rightful number one contender, you know, 
all of them is uh, are fighting you know the 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 right next opponent um there's not really any gimmicks involved so um i'm looking looking forward to this this uh main card for sure it's you know the best one we've had in in a few months yeah i'm pretty pumped for myself greg how about you I just wanted to uh, run through my DK if we're on the if we've covered everything so far. Yeah, I believe. Okay, I'm just gonna run through it real quick with you guys, and uh, this is a really simple one since we have three title fights. And uh, I like Amanda Nunez at 9200 to finish her opponent. I'm not taking a uh, Durandami either, but on the on the flip side, I am taking a uh, Kobe Covington, and I am taking a uh, Kamara Usman, and then I'm taking Holloway. Yeah, I'm stacking, and I'm going to stack uh, Volkanovski. And uh, then I'm going to throw in uh, Hooper versus Tamar down there. I'm taking Hooper at 83 with this little introduction here. But uh, I think that uh, I think that all these together, all these fights will go except for the Nunez fight. That's why I didn't pick her, pick her opponent. But uh, and I think that uh, Hooper may get a may get a, a nice little entry-level finish to over Tamar. I'm not sure about that one. But uh, the rest of them, I think each, each, each guy does get uh, quality points in the fight, and I think that's the way to go here. For a comeback win at the end. Is Daniel Tamer the decent one or is he the shitty one? I think David Tamer is the good one. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think this is the lesser one. Uh the lesser tamer here. So it may not, it may be okay. Still uh, you know, octagon uh, jitters and whatnot for Hooper, I would imagine. So who knows? Should be should be that should be okay. Uh, not a bad, not a bad idea though, what uh, stacking those uh, main event fights with the potential for five rounds. You know, of, of yeah, because yeah, you, you're getting you're getting one, two, three, four, five, five people in a seven person lineup. Five of them got five potential, you know, 25 rounds, you know, right there. So that's a bunch of points. You know? Yeah. And if uh, and if uh, Nunez can get a finish over Duran, I mean, uh, that's going to that's going to boost the whole thing right there. Well, that goes down this weekend on pay-per-view. It is UFC 245. Uh, we're excited for that one. But the night before that is Valor 67, and that will bring us to the main portion of our uh, our program this evening, and that is the VFC 67 Picks panel. So let's get the remaining members of our Picks panel on the line uh, and round up uh, Jeff Hobbs and Big Sexy, Billy Swanson. All right, now joining us, we've got the whole gang. The uh, Picks panel uh, has, has, has all been assembled here, and this is the final event of the quarter. So uh, we'll see if we can make some moves, guys. Before we get going here, uh, Justin, uh, run down our totals so we can see exactly where everyone stands. We've got 18 fights on this bad boy uh, to cover for Picks. So there's some room for movement, and there's lots of unknowns here. So I, I fully expect uh, the, the lead to not be concrete, Justin just yet all right well going into this last event of the year greg has the lead at 19 and 5 followed by billy at 16 and 8 and hobbs is trailing at 14 and 10 so three and five is that the difference uh yep okay so there's there's some room for movement here now justin since you're the one that's kind of uh got some organization going here uh, we will start uh for our our rotation this time we'll go uh in uh the first the guy that's in first will pick first and then we will uh go uh, in order and then the next fight let the let the second place guy pick first and rotate through and so on and so forth if that makes sense got it 
All right. So uh, let's break this bad boy down as best we can. I, my breakdowns are going to be limited in these early fights because I don't have that much information for you guys. To, the, to set the table, though, uh, this is, of course, VFC 67. It's our final event of the year. This is one of our amateur showcase cards. And so you're going to have a lot of up and coming talent that uh, is not necessarily as uh, uh, as well known. And, you know, these guys are hungry, though. And, and you know, these these cards are not as star studded, but they're always a lot of fun because they're a little bit more laid back. The you're you're oftentimes you're going to be surprised by something that night. Something fucked up and crazy will happen. I promise. And uh, you know when you've got a bunch of noobs like this, there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of nerves in the air. Not from like our side, it's nice. And for us, it's like more laid back. But from the fighter side, it's obviously a lot more nervy. You know, because a lot of these guys just haven't done it before. So I'm excited for it. A lot of the times, these these cards really deliver. We'll kick off uh, with our first bow here. And it is uh, junior uh, kickboxing. And uh, we've got one of those. This is a K1 rule, so there's not a tie. Uh, it is K1 glory uh, kickboxing rules, three two-minute rounds. And we see the returning Tyler Jones, uh, two and one out of Kikers Martial Arts down in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, and this kid's really starting to come into his own. The last time out we saw him, uh, I want to say, was in Saudi Daisy. And he got a win over a kid from the Goon Squad. And, and you know, every time I see him, he's just more and more impressive. He's tall. He's put together. Uh, he comes from a very solid, like, tough camp at uh, Kikers Martial Arts. You know, uh, Sensei Bing Kiker and his dad, Travis Jones, I'm sure beat the shit out of him regularly. And he is a uh, he's a tough kid. And uh, he's going to be taking on the debuting Billy Eady. Uh, Billy Eady is representing Team Boca in Knoxville, a team that we haven't seen a whole lot out of. Um, we have seen them fight with us one time. Uh, Billy is a transplant uh, all the way up from Florida. He is uh, he is uh, moved up here and uh, and started training there with Team Boca. Uh, a tall kid. I, we know that Tyler Jones is tall, but Billy Eady's six foot tall himself. So we've got, you know, two, two, you know, sizable uh, kids. Uh, this kid trained down there when he was in Florida. Uh, he's uh, 16 years old and uh, six foot one, actually. And so uh, you got two sizable athletic kids here. We just don't know much about Billy Eady because we haven't seen him yet. We do know Tyler Jones, but I will say from what I can gather, uh, Billy Eady is going to be a uh, certainly a game opponent here. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm going to let Justin kind of lead the uh, the, the possession of picks so he can keep up with like whose turn it is because I don't have that in front of me. All right, all right. So we'll start with Greg, then go to Billy, then to Hobbs. All right, I'll kick it off, and I know we got like 17, 18, 5 to move, so I'm going to make my picks as quick as I possibly can without talking a lot. I'm going to go with Tyler Jones on the first belt. All right, Billy? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Tyler Jones, too. You know, I mean, he's 2-1, and one, another kid debuting, so I'm going to go with the experience on this one. Hobbs? Yeah, uh, I'm afraid this may be par for the course for uh, at least the first half of this card. I'm going Tyler Jones as well. All right, Jones gets a clean sweep. Clean sweep for Tyler Jones, and it's hard to argue it, you know, based off what we've seen so far. But, hey, Billy, he's got a chance to come in here and show us 
what he can do. And, and you know, that's one good thing. These tie fights uh, or these uh, team fights, I should say, they're always a really good way to kick the card off. They, they really bring the action. Up next, featherweights, another tie fight, uh, another kickboxing fight. I said this one will be under tie rules. And we've got the debuting Kai Bishop, 18 years old, out of Ascension MMA down in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he is coached, of course, by Freddie Asunsau. They've got a pretty good contingent coming up here to fight on this card. Um, Kai, is, he, I believe he's one that walks around at that 40, 45-pound mark, so he's not cutting a lot of weight I've gathered. Looks to be an athletic kid, but hasn't competed, you know, so who knows? 18 years old. He's taking on uh, Chris Weathers, who's an independent fighter from Fort Payne, Alabama. He is 0-1 in MMA, but this is his debut in uh, in kickboxing. He lost his debut at Saudi Daisy to Little Little Lechuga, Gennalo Jr., uh, Leonardo Lechuga, who who looked really good in that fight. And uh, Weathers had kind of stepped up on short notice, took that fight, uh, you know, with not a whole lot of time to prepare. So he's had more time to prepare for this one. There won't be takedowns involved. It's just striking. So, you know, I think that plays better to, you know, your, you know, Weathers is an athletic, you know, tough guy, but he's also an independent guy, you know. So, um, you know, we saw him there in Saudi Daisy. He, he looks to be in pretty good shape. This is going to be a uh, stand-up fight instead of MMA, so we'll see what he can do uh, without having to worry about the takedowns. Let's get to the picks. All right, Billy, you're up. Uh, what, was the, what was the first guy's name again? Kai Bishop. Kai Bishop. Um, man, I don't really know much about Weathers. Um, I I do remember that Saudi fight. That was a good fight. Um, but, uh, man, I've, I've got a rule, and I, I picked it up from my man, Hobbs. Uh, you don't go with the independent guys. And so, you know, every now and then we're proven wrong, but 95% of the time we're proven right. So I'm going to go with Weathers. Or not Weathers. Bishop. I'm going with Bishop. Yeah. All, right. All right, Hobbs. Yes, uh, that philosophy has served me well. Um this was Vegas. I will take the, uh, you know, take the non-independent guy uh, every time, and um, and let's ride. So I, I'm picking more Ascension MMA than I'm picking anything right now. Uh, we know what they put out at that gym, uh, so I'm going Kai Bishop as well. All right, and you can finish off, Greg. Well. Um, I got me a little bit of a lead. I know that Chris Weathers is a very athletic person, and uh, the heat at Saudi Daisy, I think, maybe played a big role in his non-training as an independent. And I think since then he's probably understood, you know, uh, how it works. But, again, these are two-minute rounds, not three-minute rounds, and I think that he can go balls out for, you know, at least two of those two-minute rounds and capture as long as he don't get finished in the third. I think Chris Weathers wins this in decision. Nice. All right, so Greg's taking Weathers, Hobbs, and Billy with Bishop. You know, and one thing is is to say, you know, and this is a bit of a, a, a props to Chris Weathers is, you know, he's an independent guy. He came in, he got he got beat in his first one out against the uh, Little Lechuga, and uh, you know, uh, he he wanted to come back. It wasn't a thing where I'm like, hey, Chris, I need you to step here and do this. He messaged me. He's like, hey, man, I want to get back in there and do this. So. You know, he saw what he saw what it's about, and he's and he's about trying it again. So props to him, man. Um, mm-hmm. About number three, it is uh, staying in the uh, tie rules kickboxing. So we got three two minute rounds. We got two more debuts here, guys, and this one is going to be in the light heavyweight division, two hundred and five pounds. It'll be Jackson Stum making his debut for Kame House MMA out of Hazel Green, Alabama, trained by Blackie Chan, Travis Gregoire. This is one of his uh, mm-hmm. protégés. 
Uh, we'll see some Kame House in the house on this card. We've got three of them. Um, he's going to be taking on the debuting Jake Willis, who is out of the Wolves Den Martial Arts uh, group in Madisonville, Tennessee. And this may be the first time that we've had three. We've got three guys from the Wolves Den on this card, uh, with including you know, CJ Talent, Adam Silvey, and all three of these bad boys are two hundred fivers. Like two hundred fivers is like um, you know probably one of the, the rarest, most shallow weight classes mm-hmm. in the amateurs, especially. And to, so to have three from the same team is like gold mine. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, yeah, Jake Willis, athletic looking kid. Don't know much about him really. Uh, just uh, you know, Adam Silvey, the coach there, Wolves in, tells me he's ready to rock and roll, and so. Uh, uh, Travis Gregoire says the same about Jackson Stum. So, uh, you know, who knows, man? We'll go to the picks. Uh, all right, Hobbs, did you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, sure, man. Um, I think just statistically, because I'm playing the statistics here, uh, we're not going to have three red corner victories uh, to kick off the evening. So I'm switching over to the blue corner, going Jake Willis. I like it. All right, and Greg? I'm going to second Hobbs' decision and get me some Jake Willis action. All right, finish this up, Billy. What What was the gym that Jake Willis is from again? Wolves Den. Wolves Den. And the Jackson Stum is from where Travis Gregory is? Yeah, Kame House. Kame House. Um, it used to be called Over 9,000. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to go with Jake Willis as well. Over 9,000. So, Jake Willis. All right, Jake Willis gets sweet. All right. Brings us to about number four. Muay Thai rules kickboxing, lightweights, 155 pounds. And we've got more debut youngsters here. Joseph Hishman is a debut out of Shield Systems in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, not much known about him. I think he's been, you know, training for a year or so. Uh, you know, his coach, Ben, uh, says that, you know, he's, he's pretty green still, but he's putting the time. He wants to get in there and see what's up with it. So let's we'll see what's up. He'll be taking on the debuting Cole Cochran. Um, I hope I'm um, pronouncing that correctly. Cochran, Cochran or Cochran. He is uh, debuting out of, and now this is a, this is a blast from a past, guys. It has been a minute since we've had the iron fist dojo up at uh up in the cage man uh out of smyrna tennessee uh they're ran by mike ely old buddy of mine uh you know mike used to have fighters on the scene back in the three fc days and the early valor days and uh he you know they're uh they're more traditional based uh gym and um you know he's got a kid uh cole is 18 i believe as well so he's a youngster uh, he's t- both these kids are tall you know six foot six footers again and uh you know it's that's about all i got for you you know you've got a debut from shield systems and a debut from the iron fist dojo uh who has been a long time since we've seen the iron fist dojo but i'll tell you they they always come and their game and you know they're gonna come forward and and fucking throw all right we're back to you greg how tall did you say uh, Joseph was? He's uh he Joseph is uh, uh five ten. And you said that Cole is six foot. Something? He's six foot tall, yeah. Six foot tall and five ten. I'm gonna go with Joseph. Is that Hishme? Hishme. 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 I want Joseph Hishme here, just because he's coming out of Shield Systems, and I'm more familiar with them than I am Iron Fist. All right, Billy. I'm gonna go with Cole Cochran. Um, uh, you know, you said he was six foot tall and, 
I mean, I know that Joseph Fishman is uh, coming from Shields, but I've got to try and close the gap between me and Greg, so I'm going cold. All right, split the tie for us, Hobbs. Shield Systems. Going He's on with, uh, yeah, that guy. That one. All right, so <laughs> we got uh, one for Cole Cochran and Greg and Hobbs going for Hishma. I tell you, I challenge you, Jeff Hobbs, to to make Joseph Hishma's announcement as fucking epic as you can because it's a weird it's a hard name to like end with like a with like excitement I th- it's like Hishman man <laughs> you, you know what I mean I, 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 I see that I'm not even certain how to fucking say it so um, I'm on the end of the report we could all be saying it completely <laughs> freaking wrong dude Hishman Hishman yeah. All right. On to number five, our our, our uh, ladies hitting the cage. Our first of two. Uh, this one is going to be Bantamweights, weights, 135 pounds, female tie rules, and it is going to be the debuting Dana. I'm going to say Kalos, but although it could be Kalais. Man, I'm sure that's one that we're going to need to figure out, Jeff. Anyway, she is making her debut out of the Ascension MMA camp, Atlanta, Georgia, trained by Freddie Asunsau. And uh, she is 1-0 in MMA. She made her debut on short notice on V3, like two or three, maybe three or four weeks ago. And she won that. So this will be her first uh, tie fight. She's taking on the 1-1 one one, Elizabeth Sarcassus. Um, it could be Sarcassus. And uh, she is representing the core combat sports gym in Louisville, Kentucky, who had like three guys on this card, but a couple of the other guys dropped out. So Elizabeth's our, Elizabeth's our only representative left from core combat sports here. But I'm excited for this fight. It's two, uh, two, it's some new blood on the scene, you know, two, two new female fighters. You know, we like to do as many uh, female fights as we can. So this is two, two new ones. So uh, it should be exciting. All right, Billy, kick us off. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with uh, Dana. However, you say her last name. Uh, don't really know much about her, but um, I don't know. I just got a thing. Uh, that that name's kind of crazy. So I, I got a I got a feeling she's gonna be kind of crazy in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hobbs. Uh, I don't know from a promoting matchmaking uh, standpoint uh, if everybody else from Core Combat dropped out. Uh, <laughs> it's never good. Right, right, <laughs> right. That the, that the, that the lone fighter ends up still coming. Right. Um, so I'm gonna cross my fingers this match happens. Uh, but I'm still going with what I know, and all I know is Ascension MMA. I don't know core combat. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Dana. All right, and Greg. Uh, I'll have to start with the Central MMA, too, with Dana. All right, clean sweep for Dana on that one. All right, rounding out our first uh, flight of fights here, uh, Ty Rules Kickboxing. This is another really interesting one here, and this is one that I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, it is welterweight, 170 pounds. It is the tie debut of Emery Norred. Uh, out of Blaylock's IMB, out of Chattanooga, of course, Emory, uh, decorated uh, MMA uh, fighter. I believe he's four and one in MMA, and uh, you know, really solid prospect. This will be his first time doing a tie fight, though. 
And he's taken on a, a good one. You know, he's taken on Zach Fox. Zach Fox, eight and five out of the Lee Kickboxing Academy in Beattyville, Kentucky. Uh, Zach has been in there with some tough competition. He doesn't always win, but he always is very, always shows very well, if that makes sense. You know, like you never very, you're not going to see Zach get his ass kicked very much. <laughs> you know, like he might kick some ass. But even in losing efforts, he's been, you know, very competitive, we'll say. So, uh, you know, he's taken on a guy uh, who's probably not, you know, Zach is, is a, a traditionalist, if you will. You know, he prides himself on, you know, uh, being a, very strictly a, a traditional tie fighter. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, Emory is stepping into his world in his first uh, tie fight. So, you know, I've, I've got to say on paper, Zach's the favorite here uh, in this one. That said, we know that Emory's a stud. Emory's the tough guy. Emory's a hitter. He is not some fools the fuck out. Uh, so uh, it, this is going to be a really, really interesting battle. All right, we're starting with you this time, Hobbs. All right. I am going against the grain here, and I am going with the debuting tie fighter. I think uh, I think Emory's going to catch him with some solid shots and uh, take tradition and and skill set out of it uh, with just hard punches. So I'm going with Emory Norris. Greg. Uh, man, I've actually tussled with Emory before, man, and Emory's a tough cat. He's real tough, and I mean – I actually favor him to win this, and but it being his debut fight for uh, you know just just stand up alone with Zach Fox being eight and five, I've got to take the guy with the experience here in Zach Fox. All right, finish this off, Billy. Uh, well, you know I'm gonna have to go with Hobbs on this one. I've I've you know I know Zach and Emory both real well, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure Zach normally fights at 155, and it looks like this, yep. this fights around like 170. So, um, you know, that's more close to Emory's stomping weight. And uh, Emory's a big guy, and he comes from, you know, football background. So he's going to be very explosive and powerful. So um, I, I think Emory's just going to be too much for Zach to handle because Zach's not going to be able to keep his range because of the size of the opponent. All right. So you, you went with Fox on that one? No, he went with uh, Emory. Norad. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, so Billy and Hobbs going with Emory Norad. Greg going for Fox. All right. Change it up a little bit. Move to combat grappling. We've got one of those. So this will be one 10-minute round. Uh, one 10-minute round submissions only. And open, open-handed open palm strikes are allowed on the ground. And it'll be a welterweight. It'll be Claire Alvarez representing the Kame House in Hazel, Hazel Green, Alabama. She is, of course, with Travis Gregoire's group there. You've probably seen her in the corner for Travis's fights. Uh, she is taking on uh, Rebecca Alcorn out of KMAA. And Rebecca, you know, she, you, if you come to the fight, you've likely probably seen her working the merchandise booth, you know. And so these are some familiar faces that you've seen at the shows. They just haven't competed yet. It'll be the first time competing for, for both both of these ladies. I'm excited to see uh, what they can do. And I know they're excited to get in the cage and, and show out. All right, Greg, get us started. Uh. I know that Eric doesn't usually put uh, a, like you know fighters in there unless they're absolutely ready, and um, I'm just not I'm just not sure on either one of these either one of these ladies. So I'm I'm just gonna have to 
go with uh, the with Claire, another debut fighter, just to uh, just to shake things up a little bit. All right, and Billy, I'm gonna go with uh, Rebecca. You know, I, I, I I'm real friendly with KMIA, and uh, I think Rebecca's gonna get this win. All right, you wanna break the tie for us, Hobbs? Yeah, I'm going uh, with Claire Alvarez. All right, so Greg and Hobbs going for Alvarez, and Billy going for Al- Alcorn. We're getting some some splits on these. I like it. Uh, the, the, the potential movement. We'll move on to our first uh, MMA fight. We're, we're going to the to the little gloves now. It'll be uh, middleweights in action here, and we've got Anthony Rogers, who is an independent out of Cleveland. Last time we saw Anthony was in Nashville. He lost to uh, the debuting Taylor Hood of Nashville MMA in that one. But before that, he won against Gabe Gibson. And then uh, his first fight, it wasn't good. He fought Tank. And so that one, I feel like we can kind of throw out the window to a degree. Uh, so he is going to be taking on the debuting Tommy Waller, who is an independent out of Knoxville. This guy, uh, Tommy, he works at uh, my local Dunkin' Donuts. Here. And I see him like every <laughs> And he is uh, he is very eager to get in there and see what it, this is all about. Uh, you know, he's been uh, keeping me <laughs> on his weight uh, as I go through the drive-through, and uh, he's you know he's uh, he's ready to get in there and see what's up. He's tall. He's a tall, rangy guy. He's probably oh, he's probably six two. If I had to guess, six three. Uh, pretty tall guy, you know, but he's never done anything like this. No, no, no background uh, per se. So this is uh, our first MMA fight, and I have a feeling it could be entertaining. All right, Billy. Tim, please tell me that you're the guy that talked Tommy Waller into fighting. Tell me he was. Oh, he asked. He asked me. He asked. He's like, uh, one day I'm going through there. He's like, you think you could ever get me? I, I, he's like, you think you could ever get me? Uh, hey, come fill in. <laughs> no man, I think I've, I think I've, we've made a good match here. Actually, I'm I'm excited. All I, all I'm saying is if Tommy gets his ass kicked, then you're not going to be able to go to that Dunkin' Donuts anymore. I do love my Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I'm going to go with Anthony Rogers just because he's been in the cage before. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I just I, I want to see Tim not be able to go to that Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> all right, how? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm going with Anthony Rogers because he doesn't work at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, oh, man, this one's going to be funny. Is he going to care if I call him Tommy Frappuccino Waller or oh, fucking Ice Coffee Tommy? I think he'll eat Fucking Ice Coffee Tommy Waller. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my God. I love How about tur- Turbo Shot? <laughs> hey, fuck it. Hey, if he knocks him out, he iced him. If you fucking take a fucking nut shot, you know we're going to have to say something about he kicked him in the munchkins. Yeah. (laughs) He had a little extra espresso on that one. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Greg. All right. You know what? I don't know if y'all know this. I've been running the street team with Tim, and that motherfucker loves Dunkin' Donuts, and he ain't about to lose his goddamn free Duncan. So I'm going with Tommy Ice Coffee Waller. <laughs> All right. So Greg goes with Waller, Billy and Hobbs with Rogers. Okay, moving on. And Billy Gaines Graham. 
You hear that? I want a free iced coffee, Tommy, for this. He got me an iced coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Cream sugar. Hey, Greg's been yeah, yeah. Hey, Greg, you go ahead. Been there. Hey, Greg, you go ahead and take that coffee. I'm taking that hundred dollars. Oh, you're already too far behind on the on the on the polls now. Well, you just you've made like four outlandish ass picks. Oh, it's been interesting to hear. I've been sitting back and I'm like, Greg honestly has had opportunities to tail safely on these and is not. So uh, it's he's actually opening up opportunity for you guys. That's why I win. Pure arrogance. That is not why I win, Greg. You win because you take safe bets. Thank you. <laughs> Bout number nine, and I've, I've printed this incorrectly on your bout sheets, and so uh, I, I, this is a light heavyweight fight. I, on the bout sheet now, it says it's a bantamweight fight. Far from it. It is a 205-pound fight. It'll be Neil Gray. It'll be the first time we've seen Mr. Neil Gray, who's coming off of about a year layoff, I think maybe longer. One in four out of the Spartan Academy Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, this has been Paul Teague has been kind of my point of contact on this one. I guess they've got a he does some cross training with the Goon Squad. He's taking on one and one CJ Talent out of the Wolves Den uh, in Madisonville, Tennessee, who is coming with uh, a couple of other light heavyweight partners. So he's had plenty of good training partners at the size here. The last time out, we saw CJ lost a heavyweight fight to Zach Manning. Uh, before that, he had a win over Chad Finnerty. All right, how are you getting started? Yeah, um, CJ Talent, please, for 200. I'll take Talent for 200, please. <laughs> All right, Greg. I'll second with Hobbs and take the Talent. And Billy? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I was going to go with uh, Neil Gray, and then I heard Talent had beat Finnerty. So, I mean, he's at least able to stop some wrestling, so – I'm going to go with CJ Talent. All right, all three panelists. Was uh was Talent not the one that was supposed to fight uh, Dale Dodds? Uh, no, no, Manon. The guy that beat him, Manon, was who was supposed to fight Dale Dodds. Okay, that's right. It was – yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you now. Okay, moving on. We've got bout number 10. This is a catch weight at 160 pounds. This one came together late. So props to these guys for stepping up. It's Elijah Gilbertson making uh, his third attempt at a win here. He's 0-2 coming in, independent out of Maryville, Tennessee. He's a tall, rangy guy. I like Elijah, man. Elijah's a character. He's, uh, he's got a, a good look. Uh, we always refer to him as the Elvis on acid, uh, but I say that endearingly. Uh, I, 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 I like the guy. He's got a good look, and he's got a great attitude. Fight anybody you want him to fight, and he's going to be game as they come. He's going to take on a tough one, though. It's 2-0 Dan Bailey, and he is out of KMAA here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, Dan originally uh, scheduled to face uh, Tyler Wilkerson out of the Dayton area, but Tyler went ghost on us, so we had to – Start shifting things around at the last minute. And so uh, now it'll be Dan Bailey taking on Elijah Gilbertson at 160 pounds. All right, Greg. Uh, I like the hell out of Elijah Gilbertson, man. He's got a persona. He's He's got charisma, dude. I love seeing him fight every time. He's exciting. Uh, big mismatch here, though. I'll go ahead and give away the uh, the cheat sheet. Dan, is it, is it Boyle or Bowles? I think it's pronounced Bailey. Okay, making sure. Dan, Dan Bailey, uh, now he's 2-0, and um, kind of a big guy. And if I'm not mistaken, he usually fights higher than 160. Am I wrong? 
Well, no, he he's fought once at seventy, but his last one was actually a fifty-five. Okay, I think he's going to have a size advantage on Elijah Gilberson unless Elijah put on some weight over the last few months. So I'm going to have to go with Dan on this one. All right, Billy. Uh, yeah, last time I saw Dan out there, man, I'm pretty sure he came out there and got a very quick submission. Um, so, uh, I'm going to go with Dan on this one as well. I think his jiu-jitsu is going to be too much. And Hobbs? Yeah, I think he's going to have a very large everything advantage. Um, I am going Dan Bailey as well. All right, so everybody going for Bailey on that one. All right, up next, uh, we shift back, and we've got a, this is another kind of a late situation here. Shifting back to Thai kickboxing, this is lightweight, 155 pounds. Uh, originally, was supposed to be um, Jalen Harper taking on Daniel Gary from the Goon Squad. Daniel Gary comes out with a concussion on fight week from sparring too hard um, and, 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 and pulled out. So Anthony Rodriguez steps in. And it will be Anthony Rodriguez making his tie debut. He's 0-1 in MMA. And uh, he lost his debut to Anthony Bryant, who is a training partner of Jalen Harper uh, at the American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee. Jalen Harper comes into this 1-0 and and in tie, and he's 1-0 in MMA. So uh, that said, this is still kind of a fun one here. Anthony, if you remember the fight against Anthony Bryant, he was like very – squirrely <laughs> you know like very uh you know uh, aggressive we'll say you know and he's a he's a he's a taller guy he is now training at shield systems in knoxville so he, he has upped his training without doubt uh jalen harper is has been the guy that's kind of uh in my opinion um kind of uh, impressed me every time i've seen him like he's he's performed better than i expect him to perform every time He's got a win over the aforementioned Elijah Gilbertson. That's his. That is his win and tie. And then his last time out, we saw him was at Saudi, and he uh, got a a really nice win over uh, Nabil Khan from High Stand. So uh, that said, the weight, I think, uh, you know, at 55, Harper was anyone to be at 45. So I think the size is going to go towards Anthony Rodriguez. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the technique and just kind of like time and being in their training and whatnot, probably go with Harper. So, uh, interesting fight. All right, Billy, I already wrote your answer down, but real short notice here, by the way, and and making adjustments on the fly props to both guys. I already wrote your answer down, Billy, but you can go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, uh, you know, Jalen Harper is a guy that I, I train with him on a daily basis. Like, uh, the kid always comes in. He's always one of the hardest working kids in the gym. He's always in the gym. He actually, uh, here lately, um, for about the past like four months or so, he's been helping David out a lot with the kids' classes. And, uh, so he's always in the gym. And, uh, I mean, he's just a real athletic kid. Honestly, I call him the day walker, like Blade. <laughs> but, uh, because <laughs> uh, honestly, there's been a couple times I've sparred him and hit him like 100%, and he'll just scream at me, and it almost made me shit my pants. <laughs> uh, like, like it's it's some crazy shit. He, the kid can take a punch. So uh, I just don't think Anthony Rodriguez in the top fight is going to be able to, you know, be able to throw with Jalen. Jalen trains a lot of tie with David and hits a lot of mitts. So I think his tie is going to be more well-rounded. And uh, I, I, I think Jalen's going to get the win. Hobbs. 
Uh, yeah, I missed something. I heard Billy shit in his pants, and somebody pulled out. Somebody pulled out. Somebody pulled out, and Billy shit his pants. You cannot be bedroom talking like that on the podcast, Hog. That's our secret. No, 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 not sure what happened, man. Man, who the fuck, seriously, let's rewind a second. Who the fuck is still sparring on, like, fucking Tuesday or fight week and not just cutting weight, hitting mitts, and focusing? Jesus Christ. But anyway. Fucking goons. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember Rodriguez. Excuse me, I'm talking now, guys. All right, you've had your turn. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't even really have anything profound to say. I like Jalen Harper. <laughs> All right, Greg. Yeah, go ahead and pull the broom out and uh, sweep it for for Jalen. All righty, everybody with Harper there. All righty, that brings us to our final fight of this flight, and this will be a featherweight bout. We've got two guys that are both one and one coming into this one. We've got Javante Miles Trowel. We'll call him JMT for short. One and one out of the Kame House MMA, Hazel Green, Alabama. This will be the final entrant from that gym, coached by Travis Gregoire. The last time we saw him was in Nashville. He lost a, uh, believe it ended up being a majority decision to Lucas Farrow. But, man, he impressed me. He's very athletic, very explosive. Uh, Farrow was able to control him with the wrestling in the first couple rounds. But then he, like, Farrow started to fade, and JMT was, like, coming on hard and, like, put a fucking beating on him in the third round, but Farrow survived and ended up getting a majority decision. One of the judges had a draw, which I was uh, probably would have been okay with the draw. We were certainly nearing a 10-8 kind of round for JMT in the third. He, this guy is very dangerous. He'll be taking on the uh, another one-in-one fighter, Jacob Harrell, out of Powell's Martial Arts down in Hinegar, Alabama. This will be the first time we've seen Jacob. He's fought uh, for the AFC down there and gone one-in-one. I'd say we could probably get a little better insight from Greg on him because I'm just not as familiar with Jacob. But he's trained by Jeff Powell and trains with those guys down there in Hinegar. Uh, you know, Chad Finnerty's down there and, um, you know, I, I guess uh, Trevor uh, Trevor Peak and those guys. So uh, I think this should be a, a pretty fun action fight. I don't see this one going all three rounds no matter what. I think we'll get a finish either way. Hobbs. It's on me first. Uh, <laughs> it's on uh, you. Uh, ah, shit balls. Um, I'm going JMT. JMT. Greg, this one I think really is a toss-up. You got uh, both guys coming out of Alabama to fight here in Knoxville, so both of them want to fight, obviously. So those are one and one. Uh, I saw I've seen both guys fight before. <clears throat> I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Jacob Harrell out of the blue corner. All right, Billy, you want to break the tie? You know, I, I don't really know much about this Jacob Harrell guy, but, uh, you know, hearing Tim's breakdown of the JMT, uh, I think I'm going to go with JMT on this one. All right. Billy and Hobbs take JMT, Greg with Harrell. My opinion just on this one is I don't know what Harrell's wrestling is going to be like, but Harrell's wrestling is going to need to be really good, I think. Um, he's either going to have to have really good wrestling or he's going to have to have a gas tank uh, to, to be able to hang at a very um, intense pace 
you know, for, for all three rounds, my opinion, we'll see, you know, uh, I was pretty impressed by trial in that first, that the last time I saw him, which was the first time I'd seen him, but it was a second fight. And, you know, Pharaoh is a good wrestler. And once that, once he wasn't able to maintain that pressure, uh, you know, he was fading very hard against a lot of pressure from JMT late. So, you know, if these guys, uh, don't let it get that far, who knows? Uh, moving on, bout number 13. It is going to be a featherweight bout, 145 pounds, two debuts. Monta- uh, Montana Keats uh, is out of Ascension MMA, Atlanta, Georgia, trained by Freddie Asunsau. He uh, looks to be a tall, rangy fighter, near six foot tall, I believe, at um, featherweight. Uh, this will be his first time competing, and he's taking on the debuting Chance Gilbride out of the Gogi Combatives in Chattanooga. Uh, Chance is a well-known competitor on the local grappling circuits, uh, but this will be his first time uh, in a fight, uh, is, you know, in, in MMA rules. And so uh, I'd be interested to see. There's some hype behind this kid, and a lot of a lot of people are high on him. And we'll see if he can uh, stand up to the to the hype against a uh, a guy that's coming out of a, a solid, you know, tough, uh, well-coached uh, gym in Ascension MMA with Montana Keats. All right, Greg. Uh, you know, Chance is my boy. Uh, you know, when we we put this spot together, uh, we knew that this was going to be somewhat of a yin yang matchup with a stand up guy versus the ground guy. But I'm going to have to go with uh with my favorable matchup and Chance Gilbride because I think it's jujitsu and just his tenacity and how mean he can be uh, on like just kind of like a brawling moment. And I don't know if uh if Keith is going to be able to keep up with the bum rush of, uh, of Chance Gilbride. All right, Billy. You know, I mean, this is definitely going to come down to the play of uh, who can close the distance. Um, if Montana's able to keep range, like you said, he's a long-rangey fighter and he's a striker, he's going to have to keep distance and keep Chance out at bay and uh, not allow him to get inside on him because that's going to open it up for Chance to be able to get the takedown and grapple him. But with that being said, I know Chance has done a bunch of uh, combat jiu-jitsu, and I've actually rolled with Chance, and he is, even though like he's like half my size, like the, it's still a tough roll. So like I, I just don't think Montana's going to be able to keep the distance and not allow Chance to be able to get inside and get the takedown. So I'm gonna, I'm going to go with Chance by submission. Jeff. Uh. <clears throat> It's hard to say sweep here uh, against uh, an Ascension MMA guy, but I'm going to have to follow my cohorts here. Uh, I think Gilbert's just too well-rounded right now, and I think he's got the upper hand on the ground, so I'm going chance Gilbert as well. All right, all three for Gilbert. All right, about number 14, uh, we go to the Bantamweight division, 135 pounds, MMA. It'll be the debuting Austin Spires, who is an independent fighter out of Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, he has done some prior training with the Upper Cumberland MMA group, so he is not coming in just completely, um, you know, as your typical independent. He has done some training with them. He'll be taking on 2-0 Jackson Donovan out of KMAA. Jackson's a, a kid that we've seen uh, on the come up this year. We haven't seen him fight now in several months, but early in 2019, uh, we saw him get wins over Frankie T and also over uh, Jay Chastain, and he was very impressive in both. Uh, a youngster, 18 years old here, two two young bucks here in this. 
All right, Billy. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with my man Jackson. Um, I know it's been a little while since we've seen him out, and I would say that uh, Eric has had him in the lab fine-tuning, you know, what he, what the mistakes that he made in his last spot. So uh, I, I think Jackson's going to come out, look well-rounded, and uh, find a way to get the win. All right, Hobbs. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh shit. Yeah. Jackson Donovan. What the fuck am I looking at? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all righty, Greg. Pull out the sweeper again. I got the broom for the, for the three Oh, I'm gonna take Jackson Donovan. He's got two and O experience, man. He's coming to KMA. So he's not going to go out there. Not ready, but I can see a lot of shit lined up at one thirty five and one forty five. Uh, with all these guys we got right here coming up on this whole this whole little uh, six six spot stretch. Yeah, man, the the matchmaking, uh, you know, it, it's actually almost e- it it also it almost becomes easy, you know, because there's so many of these guys in the same weight class that you know at co- the guys coming off wins and the guys coming off losses, you know, it all kind of lines up kind of nice for me. So anyway, um, moving on to about number fifteen. It is light heavyweight action, and uh, we've got a couple, uh, couple guys that are a bit longer in the tooth, we'll say, than your your typical uh, your typical fighters at this point. But uh, two very game guys, and I'm really excited to see uh, the debut of Adam Silvey, who is the Wolves Den uh, martial arts head coach in Madisonville, Tennessee. We've seen him cornering his guys, uh, you know, CJ Talent and Zach Garner in the past, but now he's going to be cornering his guys and he's going to strap them on and, and make his MMA debut himself against Robert Davis, the the bulldog, uh, the real bull, there's a, the real bulldog, uh, Robert Davis, who is 0-2 independent out of Barberville, Kentucky. Last time out, we saw him um, on, the, on the, the losing end of, of a hard-fought battle with Chad Finnerty. That went into the second round, and he had a pretty good accounting of himself. Before that, he fought and lost to Dale Dodds at Smoky Stadium. No shame there. Dale Dodds, very tough customer. Uh, both these guys, uh, you know, in that near near that 40-year-old range, and so uh, they're both excited to get in there and, and put on a show, and I'm excited to see him do it. Get us going, Jeff. Uh, I, I Honestly, I really don't know anything about either one of them. So I'm going to stick with my uh, no independent uh, uh, strategy and going with uh, Sylvie. Gregory. Uh, I'm going to also have to go with Sylvie, even though Robert Davis has got them two learning experiences on his record at 205. You could see a pretty quick finish out of Sylvie here. I'm not sure yet. I looked him up online and he, he looks put together. So. We'll see. We'll see how he how he tests his uh test his uh, test against an one two record guy out of uh Robert Davis. All right, Billy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Adam Siv- uh, Sylvie again with the guys because uh, I mean I I don't really know much about these guys. All right, everybody for Sylvie. That's six out of the last seven that all panelists have agreed on. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we'll get that uh, moving all the way on through here. It's interesting. It, we were more split on the earlier fights. Um, next up is our feature bout of the evening. It is bout number 16, and it is a number one contender bout at featherweight, 145 pounds. We've got Bradley Brakefield, 2-1, and one, 
from the Goon Squad, No Mercy MMA in Union, South Carolina. Two wins in a row for Bradley Brayfield. He came out here a couple months back and got a win over uh, the Sea Goat, Anthony Cochran, and then he came back as Saudi and got a win over uh, Christopher Barnes. Christopher Barnes calls him out for a rematch, begs for this rematch. Uh, and uh, Bradley obliges uh, said rematch, even though he wa- Bradley really um, uh, insisted that it be a 100, 145 pounds. I remember there was a little back and forth over Christopher wanting it at 155. We finally got it at 145, and then Christopher goes off the grid completely and stops replying to anyone. So we scrapped Barnes, and Alex Pergande steps in uh, out of Nashville MMA, 18-year-old prodigy. This kid is really good. We've uh, we've hyped him up. We've talked him up. He uh, came through in his last uh, fight for us in Saudi with a, a knee bar submission over a very tough Andrew Sturdivant. So he's 2-0. Breakfield's 2-1, but on a 2-5 winning streak, the winner of this We'll be next in line for that 145-pound strap held by Josh Lewis. Definitely a, a different caliber opponent for Breakfield. What do you got, Greg? Man, that kid for Gonde is uh, something special. I don't have to say anything about him if you've seen him before, but uh, he's next level. Uh, I'm, I want to say he's wasting his time as an amateur, but he's only 18 years old. Uh, so that's got to speak volumes about this kid. And then I hate it for Brakefield because Brakefield's a tough fighter. I think that a number one contention spot is a little too soon for him and his uh, career, but I can't hate the guy for stepping up against uh, – well, actually, you know, I mean, Bergonde came in and filled in. So uh, I believe he was he was supposed to fight some Chris Barnes or something first, right. a rematch from last time. And then – so he uh, – he, he, but he's down to fight anybody, and Brakefield's a tough kid. He actually surprised us the last uh, – Last time he fought. So, but with that being said, Brigande is a uh, is another level of uh, of animal. So I got to go with uh, with Brigande here. Hey, I tell you what, if Bradley Brakefield gets this win over Brigande, he's earned a shot at the strap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, real quick, would this have been for the Southeast title if it wasn't for? Or no, that's the the next fight for the Southeast title. Yeah. The yeah. UMath. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. All right, All right Billy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Pergrande. Uh, I don't really know much about the kid, but like hearing y'all's description of him and then just knowing that he's out of national MMA, like, uh, it's just a good camp up there with a lot of good guys. And, uh, I mean, to get, to have a knee bar submission over Sturdivant, I remember I was downstairs warming up at the Saudi fight when that happened. So I didn't actually get to watch it, but, um, not like I, I heard it was like, you know, a wicked knee bar. So like Andrew's a, a really good grappler as well. So I'm definitely going to, going for Grande. Hobbs. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, you know, when you, when you find guys like this, you kind of, you know, you're proud of them. Uh, I've, I've known this kid since he was like 10 years old. Uh, to say he's lived at a gym is, is an understatement. And he's got a brother that's probably just as good an athlete uh, just a couple of years apart. But, I mean, the kid's – uh, Russian father was brought into Nashville MMA, you know, like ten years ago. Helped with uh, helped the guys there. That that last generation of, uh, of Dave Herman and Shockman and uh, Salter, Dustin West. I mean, he was their boxing coach there. And these little kids, like I said, grew up in the gym. He's only eighteen, but he has a hell of an amateur career. Um, 
he just he just came back from uh, where was it, Tim? Over uh, Bulgaria. No, was it wasn't Bulgaria? It was. Um, I was certain, certain Bosnia. Yeah, Bosnia. Bosnia. Yeah, with uh, with uh, a, a tournament over there, the kid broke his thumb, I think, or hurt it really bad. So when I contacted Alex, I was trying to see, you know, like, hey, what do you think? In maybe February, maybe March, and. He says, what's the date in December? And I didn't know he was being serious. And I gave him January's date and December's date and really pushing the January card, possibly February. And he's like, let me get, let me call you right back. And literally like in five minutes goes, yeah, I'm good for December. And I didn't even have him a fight. I had to call him and like, can you squeeze this kid in? He wants to go now. <laughs> um, so I'm telling you, the kid is next level. That's for sure. Um, he's going to end this fight any way he wants, if you really want to be honest with me. Uh, so I'm going for Gandhi. Uh, Russian DNA is the nickname. Uh, Alex Pagande wins first of all. All right, all three panelists for Pagande. Co-main event. This one will be for the first ever USF MMA Southeastern Regional Championship. Not only just for us, but I think just period. You know, the USF MMA is the, is a new sanctioning body that it kind of has come together. Uh, Justin Brown, our friend in South Carolina, has uh, you know is is really trying to you know uh, push hard for uh, Olympic sanctioning and recognition of MMA, and that's a it's a long road. But he's it's one of those things where you know he is very dedicated to the cause and, and putting together uh, teams to travel in, uh, internationally. Uh, and compete, you know, at world championships and whatnot. So uh, US, USF MMA is uh, instituting regional titles, and we'll, we'll crown the first one ever, period. And this one will be in K-1 Rules Kickboxing. I believe the proper name of the weight class would be Junior Flyweights, 118 pounds. And we're going five two-minute rounds in this one, two very talented ladies. It'll be Chloe Greeley out of Ascension MMA in Atlanta, Georgia, five and two. Taking on Andrea Fancy Lee, six six and one out of Sitwal Muay Thai National MMA out in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> now, this is kind of one of those six degrees of uh, separation from Kevin Bacon or whatever kind of thing. So we originally uh, we had Andrea scheduled to face uh, a young lady from Alabama um, for our Nashville show in October. October. And, um, and this young lady took a fight on extremely short notice uh, down in Georgia um, against Miss Chloe Greeley. And Chloe uh, won that fight. Um, I believe she won a, a pretty wide decision in that fight and won a title and moved to five and two. And then, uh, you know, uh, Andrea was was left without a dance partner in Nashville as uh, the young lady uh, withdrew from the fight um, with Lise, um, you know, after the loss to Greeley. So uh, we reached out and we were able to uh, to make uh, the fight between these two. And uh, so now it's Chloe Greeley, Andrea Lees, two very experienced young ladies, two very skilled young ladies from two very good teams. And they're going to throw down for that first ever Southeastern Regional Championship. All right. You want to get us started, Billy? Well, I'd say, one, I'm pumped that I finally get to see Andrea fight in person. It's like, for whatever reason, every time... Something happens, right. 
yeah, she, every time she has a fight booked local, the chick pulls like the day of the weigh-in. And it's like, so it's always something, honestly, it's national MMAs, you know, it, it usually happens to them more than none because it happened a lot with DJ Miller too. But um, I think Andrea is just going to be able to come out there and really showcase her talents. Chris Beasley's a good coach and he's good at teaching his knowledge. So I think Andrea is going to come out and get the win. Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, couldn't be happier that uh... – I mean, to be honest, I'm scared to death about this fight just because of what Billy just said. How many times <laughs> we try to get Andrea at least a fight, and this has been just eerily scary that that nothing has come up. No questions have been asked. No, you know, uh, questioning anything about the fight. Not really having to talk about it much. And I keep wanting to, you know, message you, Tim, but I don't want to jinx it and go like, "Is this fight still on?" Because nothing's happened. So it's scary like, as no, shit. Right no, this now. girl pulled three weeks ago, dude. <laughs> I just didn't want her <laughs> yeah, like I forgot to tell you, Jeff. Uh, shit, I, I forgot to hit send on that message or something. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure, honestly, this has been kind of freaky for Andrea as well um, to go this entire time uh, without any scare or worry that you know a fight uh, may be off. Um, you know, like you said, the story is cool. Uh, she has the opponent, uh, you know, back out, uh, you know, and kind of uh, some fuckery, uh, if you, you know, remember the situation. But, you know, Chloe Greenlee was someone that we had reached out to immediately when the girl pulled out to just say, hey, you just beat this girl. Do you want to come do this? But it was just too soon. Uh, so hats off to Chloe Greenlee because our answer was it's too soon, but let me rest up. And as soon as you have it again, you know, I'll fight her. And as soon as the opportunity hit, um, she said, yes, let's go. Uh, so I'm ex- excited to see it. Um, you know, obviously, Andrea is six and six. You know, it's a lot of fight. Uh, she's lost this fight, you know, as many fights as she's, as she's won. She's, she, doesn't have a lot of, she doesn't have a lot of power, um, but she is, you know, uh, working with Beasley, she's really technical, um, uh, really good at the teep kick. Um, you know, I think she's going to use that a lot to keep to keep her distance, and she's going to rely on skill and and points, and and just try to look as sharp and clean and make it a flawless uh, you know victory. But I think Chloe's going to be more of a, a, a brawler type. She's going to try to close the distance and make it nasty and use her strength um, over Andrea. So I think this is a great fight to uh, pop the cherry on this uh, USF MMA uh, sanctioning body's uh, first title. Um, I know both girls, especially Andrea, since I talked to her a lot, is excited to be in the co-main event of this card. Um, so, like always, I think the w- women are going to step up and, and show out. But got to go with my hometown girl, uh, so I'm going Andrea Elise. All right, Greg. Uh, <clears throat> this uh, Andrea Elise, uh, I wanted to watch her up in Nashville. Uh, Chloe Greeley, who is her past opponents? And, like, does she have any MMA behind her either? I think she just – I'm pretty positive she just does uh, kickboxing, to my knowledge there. Uh, you, you know, um, to tell you the truth, I don't know a whole lot of her past opponents besides her last one. Uh, and that, that Abby, I guess that girl's name was Abby Earwood from Alabama. Uh, but, you know, like she trains with a legitimate group there at Ascension in Atlanta, which probably has a lot to do with her uh, her superb reliability. Well, 
just by looking at records, I, I want to lean towards Chloe, but I think that I've picked, I've picked well too many against myself tonight that could deter me away from actually winning because I could be right on the brink of uh, breaking even or losing. And I'm leaning towards Chloe Greeley a great deal just because she's only got, I mean, because she's got seven fights with five wins versus a, you know, 50, you know, 50, 50 fighter out of Andrea, Andrea Lease. Uh, five minute rounds. No, I mean, no, five two, two minute two rounds. Minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, five two minute rounds. This is for a belt. God, I wish I knew more about Chloe right now because this is for the uh, for the quarterly. So since I don't know a whole lot about Chloe, I'm going to go with Andrea Lease as well. All right, another sweep for Andrea Lease. Just before we get too far, before the, did you tell me there was like eight in a row? I'm pretty positive we definitely had a split on J- JMT and Harold. Yeah, that was that was right now. Let's see, we're one, two, three, eight out of the last nine. Oh, JMT okay. and Harold is the only one. So that's 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 the lone split out of the last nine fights. Let's see if we get a split in our main event or not. This one is a, a fun one, man. This one is two very young, up-and-coming talents that I'm very high on. I'm a fan of both of these guys. Lightweight action in our main event. Back to MMA, 155 pounds. Both these guys are 2-1. and one. Tell again, we've got the Honey Badger, Brandon McGee, out of Gamma, Greenville, Tennessee. Training partner of uh, Showtime, Stephen New, Big Time, Dale Dodds. Like, you would think that they would have made Brandon some kind of time, you know? Like, we've got Showtime, we've got Big Time. Should have been, like, some kind of time, I think, for Brandon McGee as well. Maybe there will be one day. Anyway, this kid is all action, and he's a lot of fun to watch. He brings it. He's, like, a million miles an hour. He's got a great motor. He hits hard last time out with a knockout, a late knockout uh, in the first round over Daniel Gonzalez from uh, Hyastan, who was actually supposed to fight Cody Linder on this card, and he pulled out at the last minute. But uh, that's a whole other story, a whole other rant. Um, anywho, uh, McGee also um, has uh, a win over Skylar Marshall at the Joe, and his one loss being to the aforementioned Dan Bailey, who we uh, spoke about earlier. Uh, and then uh, that was a fight. If you remember, though, McGee arguably won the first round against Bailey, and then he got submitted in the second. He takes on uh, another young buck from KMAA, uh, Garrett Sharp, who I believe is, I believe he's 18 or 19 years old. He's two and one and a uh, solid grappler. He's a well-rounded fighter, another action fighter. Uh, he's gone out there and he, and he won his first two. Garrett, uh, he won a fight on the AFC and then he, uh, then he won his next fight with us. And then he's coming off a loss, though, and that was earlier in the year. And he lost to Andrew Sturdivant. So um, and who's a very you know solid opponent. And so it's been a while since we've seen Garrett. I know he's been training and, and honing his skills. And these are two young up and coming guys that will eventually both be professional fighters. Uh, we'll get a chance to see him fight in the, the early stages of their career. And I know it'll be uh, a lot of excitement. Maybe they'll go with no time. That's the way that Brandon McGee fights. No uh, time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Start this off with Hobbs. I'm going with bedtime. Bedtime, Brandon McGee. Mm-hmm. That's a good, good one. I like, <laughs> I like it. All right, Greg. I'll go with prime time, Brandon McGee. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody in East Tennessee already has on. Yeah. Well, I think Sharp is about to 
I think Sharp's about to slice and dice him with some jujitsu, so I'm going Garrett Sharp. All righty. So Billy going with Garrett Sharp. Hobbs and Greg going with McGee. All right. Very good. Very good. So uh, we have, uh, what would you say, half of our fights uh, uh, will have some sort of movement here, Justin? Yeah, I think uh, six, six where we've got some splits and 12 that are uh, all, all, all agreed on. Okay. Yeah. So it'll, so is, is it, it's possible for, for us for them to catch, Greg? Yeah, I think it is. Very nice. That's what we like. All right. Well, that that's it for our picks panel. Before we go, guys, I want to go around to each of y'all. I'd like to get you know this is a card full of prospects. Uh, you know, it's a lot of guys and girls that are trying. You know, they're hungry to make it. A lot of guys and girls that will be potentially angling for a pro career. Who is your who is your your can't miss prospect on this card that you 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 got to tune in to see because one of these days you're going to see uh, this person you know in the professional ranks and, and turning some heads. Uh, we'll go first uh, to uh, let's go to Billy. Um, you know, there's a lot of people you could choose from uh, that have made rises and like uh, you know made a di- definite like uh, you know impact. And, career but I would have to say honestly the person I think you're going to see at a very high level very soon I'm going to go with Chance Gilbride um, just because he was grappling man like his grappling is next level and like if he keeps that up he'll be just like his buddy uh, Elijah Carlton um, you know breaking necks cashing checks all right, Billy Swanson says don't miss the debut of Chance Gilbride uh, let's go next to Jeff Hobbs uh I'm I'm sticking hometown here, man. I'm just telling you right now. Just uh, you'll want to say that you saw Alex Pergande fight when he was uh, uh, when he was an amateur, because I don't think it's going to be too much longer. Uh, it even just uh, you know still a teenager. Uh, I think he's going to be one of these uh, early turned uh, professional fighters who, at that point, then takes it kind of slower, uh, but but gets long in the tooth by the time he's 24, 25 years old. Uh, and has a lot of experience. So I'm going to say uh, make sure you grab that kid's autograph uh, a Friday night. I got to say that I, I'll, I'll interject and say that I would probably be in agreement there as far as guys that, you know, that had the potential to one day be on that big stage or be like, hey, I, mean, I saw that kid fighting at the, at the damn Joe. You know, so uh, yeah, he definitely, definitely wanted to watch. And uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll go on now to uh, Greg. Well, Billy took my number one, number one for the night, Chance Gilbride. And then the, and I knew if I didn't go first, somebody was going to snatch him up. And then I knew if I didn't go second, somebody was going to get Brigande. So I'm at a loss right here. I'm not sure who to say look up. I'll say watch the co in the main event. You might see a finish in the main event. But I think that the um, – uh, no, I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to have to go with Zach Fox and Emery Norrid for the uh, – for the tie, tie boxing match right there as far as the standout fight because, uh, you know, Zach Fox is, uh, is a real tough competitor with a, with a great with a, with a great record at 8-5, and five. and Emory Nord's coming out as a debut, but he's going to show you that he's better than a debut fighter. Uh, he's got a decent uh, a decent MMA record. He's not upside down there. He's tough. Uh, Zach Fox is tough, and I think we're going to see six minutes of just, uh, just some, uh, some quick, crisp, 
uh, clean kicks and punches. So let's look after that fight. Uh, I guess watch uh, Zach Fox there and Emory Nord that fight. That's what I'm saying. And Justin, I'll get a little opinion in from you. I'm not going to let you single out a single fighter because you'll be judging there that evening. But is there a particular a particular fight uh, that has your has your interest? Oh, the main event. I think I think I think the main event is uh, the the perfect way to cap off the night. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. Um, and just just to kind of recap a little bit. So Greg was uh, went against the grain four times, and Billy went against the grain three times. So there's uh, seven seven differences there. Um, so Billy could definitely take the lead. Hobbs uh, and and Greg disagreed on four. So Hobbs would still be down one if he uh, if he was right on all those. Um, so it's going to come down to Greg and Billy. It looks like, um, but we in all we went uh, we had eleven picks where there was unanimous and seven where where there was a split very interesting we will recap all this action see how everybody did see how the picks panel shakes out see if we had any upsets or incredible finishes uh as we uh close out the year with uh vfc 67 fight night at the joe number 11 goes down tomorrow night friday the 13th 6 p.m is a first bell uh this will not be on flow combat uh, we, we will not be on Flow Combat for this show. Stay tuned to the Valor social media. Check us out on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and we will uh, keep you uh, posted on our broadcast plans. We promise you'll be able to catch all the action somehow, some way. So uh, anyhow, that will do it for another edition of the Valor Hour. Thank you so much to our panelists, Bill Swanson, uh, Jeff Hobbs, and then, of course, my co-host, Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins. Uh, we will uh, check back in with you all next week. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will catch you next time. Peace out. Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on any of our programming, or if you have some show ideas you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you take time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means more than you could ever know. Without you, the listener, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to all of our programming. You can find all of Radio Influence's programming on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.